Please be advised this episode of the podcast may contain graphic descriptions of physical, mental, and emotional abuse. A person with these kinds of trauma may be triggered. Welcome to the Q Convos Podcast. Hello folks, welcome to the Q Convos Podcast with Initiative for Equal Rights. My name is Fidelia and today I will be talking with Mona. Mona grew up in a religious Catholic home where any form of gender expression or sexual orientation that deviates from the Catholic teaching is frowned upon. Today, they'll be sharing with us about their upbringing and some of the types of abuse, verbal, physical, mental, that queer women, gender non-conforming and non-binary persons constantly endure because of how they look or who they are. Hi, Mona. Thank you for joining me. Hi, happy to be here. Do you Can you introduce you? yourself briefly? My name is Mona. Um, 22, she, they. Okay. Uh, non-binary. All right, it's awesome to have you. Can you share with us what it was like growing up queer in a Catholic home? In itself, it was a, a pretty straightforward uh, childhood for anybody else. Um, it was a incredibly, like, heteronormative, incredibly patriarchal. I was the, the only girl. So it was almost hard for me to keep up with what my parents wanted me to be in that sense, because even down to my gender expression through clothes, it was like such a fight with my parents every day, particularly going to church in that sense. Religion is such a big thing in my family that the very notion of stepping outside of even the slightest way was just uh, yeah it was it was really bad i wouldn't say that my parents are aware of my sexuality mm-hmm. i guess in the same sense that african parents just like close your eyes yeah you know and are so oblivious to essentially their kids even though they're they're they seem gay as hell they don't want to know because they if they do they, yeah exactly if they do that the truth is just to say, you know, ignorance is bliss, and uh, African parents are blissfully living. <laughs> so, True. so yeah, even down to like small uh, incidents that did happen when I was younger, where they did like find like oh a, a few like conversations with like um friends who were not so platonic back then Mm -hmm. i don't think they will remember it now because they consciously would put that memory in the back of their head but it was never a great outcome those times whenever they would like go through my phone (laughs) because only one person end up hiring and his room yeah. Thank you, Mona, for sharing that. Um, based on all of that, what what's your current relationship with religion like? Well, here we go with the agenda, but <laughs> religion is an oppressive institution. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against, obviously, people who are religious, but in itself, like um, the active participation of like the institution, I don't, I don't believe in it whatsoever. Um, and it's not something that I've crossed off because I'm aware of a lot of like queer people in our community that are still very much Christians yeah. or Muslims or yeah. even like any other like religion, you know. In itself, I can't believe in a system that betrayed me, you know, 
so much. And my very existence is not important to the people in that community, you know. Yeah. Um, regardless of uh, whether I believe in a God or not, um, I don't think I can ever walk into a church and feel at home or feel at peace, considering, you know, um, the type of things that I went through at the hands of, like, you know, people who believe that, okay, my problems will be solved through deliverance, prayers, conversion therapy, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. It's non-existent, but I'm very much uh, <laughs> um, uh, believe in the universe, the universal energy right. and the aura of others, very much that kind of person. So, so would you say that religion yeah. has been used as a tool or an excuse to harm Christians? Very much, very much that. Um, in a sense that um, even when you uh, take away the individuality of someone, right? yeah. um, especially in Nigeria, they, there's still like a sense of rooted connection to like religion because um, a lot of people use it to like pivot like their hate or their bigotry into something that they can, they can use like as an excuse. So very much, I do believe that religion is used as a weapon in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Very, very much that. It's almost easier for people who are influential to spread, you know, propaganda right. against uh, queer people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not something that, okay, we can say, oh, well, it's one bad apple. Or it's like, you know, a couple of people that don't understand. No, it is it is a system that enables and like uplifts people in power who want to keep their ideologies, you know, around, especially like um, middle class, like um, the middle class where they use religion to like, you know, push these like um, beliefs onto uh, Nigerians. And the truth of the matter is that it's we are very susceptible as a people to believe these things because what else can you believe in? Yeah. So, trying to make sense of the world. Exactly, exactly. Especially just, where we work from. Did you see about um T V Joshua, the pastor, his YouTube channel being shut down for broadcasting conversation? Yeah, I, yeah, I read about it um yesterday. I haven't been on social media like that, but okay. I read about it yesterday. And I wouldn't even say, like, okay, yeah, this is something, this is like a score, you know, for queer people, you know. It's just, is, you know, and people like him find a way of, like, you know, slinking their way back into mm-hmm. it. I think that's the frustrating part. I just want to ask if you personal questions, if you don't mind. Um, no, have you ever experienced violence or abuse or harassment um, in any form could be verbal or physical, emotional, mental because of your sexuality or because of your gender identity or your gender expression? I, I think if, if we sit down and I tell you a story, <laughs> we'll go there here. To <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, a funny story is that um. I got into a fight. Uh, I live in an estate where, like, the ATM is, like, outside, mm-hmm. right outside the estate, right? Yeah. And um, so I was at the ATM, and I was just minding my business, and this man goes there and calls me a dyke. 
he has this American accent for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's talking to his friend on the phone. And normally, I just like, oh, another one. But like, I was just so annoyed that day. And I was just minding my business. Why'd you come in and talk me for? And so I, has, I asked him to repeat himself. And then, like, he literally grabbed my head. And, like, he hit what? it against, like, yeah, he, he, he hit it against. It's like the outer wall of the thingy. And um, it's almost like reflex for me to to use my hand to like uh, guide, to like, you know, protect my face. Right. So I literally sprained my wrist um, trying to protect my head. And I got into like this physical altercation with this random stranger <laughs> for no reason. And when the, like, because the, the bank security guard, like he had to like, pull us apart mm-hmm. you know and i'm so lucky that he knew my mom which was also a bad thing because like he he was like wondering if he should like bring it up the next time you know and i couldn't even tell my parents that my wrist was fucked up because then they'll ask you know yeah. oh what happened why did you get a right da. so there i was like just sitting in my room with the messed up wrist uh it was it's just crazy like um and i was in my car driving home and i was just like this isn't something that's happened the first second third fourth fifth time you know um regardless of where we go you know particularly as black queer african women you know like it's hard for us to like find safe spaces anywhere Mm -hmm. especially in our country it's it's frustrating having to like physically or like you know verbally receive these like insults and like and bigotry and you can't even escalate or report because then they're like oh what if you you call you exactly exactly if you do if you do then like that's that's um a battle that you have to be willing Mm -hmm. to fight to be honest because sometimes you have to just pick and choose whether you want to knock somebody's teeth out (laughs) Or whether you want to go home safely. That's so terrible. Yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you. No, it's all right. Um, way worse have happened to many other people, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's. Do you think it's a common thing where queer women are in such situations, both by family members or even random strangers, and they are just unable to report or do anything? Oh, absolutely, about it? absolutely, absolutely. I've I've seen a thousand and one GoFundMe's, you know. Mm-hmm. Or startups, you know, for people trying to escape their families. I wish I was that brave, honestly. But you know, <laughs> you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. And like, um, there are a million and one stories, particularly for masking and presenting women or like, um, non men, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it's easier to gander whether you're quote unquote straight or queer. Because obviously, femme women uh, dress to the, the societal expectations, yeah. right? Uh, but like, uh, mass presenting non-men face that kind of physical violence every day. Or even um, verbal violence. Oh, because yeah. there have been so many casual like um, scenes where somebody would be like, oh, wait till I, excuse my language, fuck you. And then you know whether you're gay or not, mm-hmm. you know? like actively you know um threatening rape to my face it's it's insane you know um like and sometimes like 
uh, there was a there was a time, literally, again coming back to how we have to pick and choose our battles. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in a group, and this man came to talk to a friend of ours, and he literally was like because she was like rejecting him and everything. Like he literally was like actively saying that he was going to rape her, and obviously. It was just a group of non-men and uh, female, a bunch of women. And um, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't sensible to get into any altercation whatsoever Mm -hmm. with somebody in in public like that. You know, and that that kind of really, like, shakes you because sometimes you even feel like, you know, why don't I actively fight? You know, why don't I actively, like you know, do these things because um, I, I'm i angry. Everyone is always angry, but, like, you then feel this, like, guilt, you know, mm-hmm. for not putting your money where your mouth is, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> it's a helpless yeah. situation. And, and it, it is. definitely it is. takes away your, your sense of safety and your sense of security, which which can affect you exactly. psychologically. That's that's terrible. Is it is it normal for queer women or non-men, gender non-conforming folks to avoid certain public spaces because of the fear of violence or just verbal abuse uh, because based on their perceived queerness or their gender expression? Yeah, I think um, I think this question is kind of a bit nuanced um, considering that obviously from my own perspective, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a bit more privileged to enter some public spaces, you know, with my queer friends, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll be okay because, well, quote unquote, do you understand? Yeah. I'm well off, or my friends are well off enough mm-hmm. that if you know you should exhibit any form of like you know queer quote unquote you know the societal standard of what queer behavior is, right? Yeah. So if you should that exhibit that, you will be okay, you know. Um, but obviously, um, I can't say that for everybody. There are a few places where um, you can be open enough to, like, you know, be yourself, do whatever you want, wear whatever you want. And I, I appreciate that for allies who allow these spaces, you know, but it's very few and far between, you know, Mm-hmm. Considering you know the amount of queer people die in Nigeria, and yeah, you know, not everyone gets to spaces. Yeah, sorry, I, I said those spaces are usually class spaces. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's it's very it's very like jarring. You know, it's also uh, made me appreciative of uh, what I do have. You know, I I one. I didn't used to always have that opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, to. It just makes you want better, you know, want more for the people in your community. Do you feel that when people talk about women's rights um, or gender-based violence, violence against women in the Nigerian context, because we have like a lot of CSOs and NGOs that are advocating for women's rights, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like they, they are include queer women uh, and non-men or is it like it's very cis heterosexual aligned okay so here's the thing 
Right. Even when um, they say they are allies, right? Right. It's hard for, uh, especially you know, queer people, mm-hmm. uh, to like essentially completely believe that because even for NGOs or nonprofits, right? They still have like the vested interest of not being shut down. Yeah. And you have to remember that being queer is kind of sort of illegal because you have to like break down the law itself. But obviously with the way Nigerians like read it, it is completely illegal. Mm -hmm. Right. And so showing, showing support in any way, you know, is kind of like difficult. So I wouldn't say that, okay, yeah, we are at the forefront of what, you know, they're fighting for. And it's always been like that, which really, really fucking sucks because even like, um, you know, um, not wanting to bring this up or anything, but like take the NSAS protest, you know, a lot of queer people showed up, you know, for, for the protest, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, We all know what happened. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, If this were, um, a less, um, a less quote unquote radical um, or marginalized group, like mm-hmm. let's say if it was per se a group of women, uh, more organizations would come to defend what happened when, yeah, people, sure. when queer people were being abused at like the protests and everything, right? More organizations would speak out against what was happening, but. And so their vested interest is keeping that company afloat to do more good for the people that they deem more important than us. Yeah. So I can't say that a lot of like organizations are looking out for queer people. Um, we're definitely not at their forefront. We're not really what they're aiming for. I guess when they've reached their goal, then they can look at us. But I'm not waiting for them. You know, and I can't say that I trust in like um, uh, NGOs in Nigeria or like nonprofits to really cap for queer people mm-hmm. because uh, when things really go down, you know, are they actually going to be there? You know, but there are some queer organizations, queer in itself, you know, that really look out for a lot of um queer people i think even in the ensos protest there was a group that they they formed uh i don't remember the name but yeah. they were giving like safe houses yes, and, yes, yeah exactly that. to to queer people it was really impressive i loved what they were doing completely yeah um you wouldn't see you know a lot of or other organizations like you know you know making sure that we're okay even though we would be the most vulnerable marginalized group at those protests, mm-hmm. you know, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess maybe years down the line, we can come back to this conversation mm-hmm. again and check. Maybe things would have changed, but not right now. I don't think, you know, at base there's any other thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mina, for bringing your perspective to this conversation. Um, it was yeah, a really great conversation grateful to be here thank you folks for listening to this episode of q convos and i hope that you found it interesting if you or anyone you know is experiencing violence as a result of their sexual orientation gender identity gender expression or sex characteristics 
please reach out to the Initiative for Equal Rights by visiting the initiativeforequalrights.org or reach out to us via our social media platforms at Tears Nigeria. That is T-I-E-R-S Nigeria. Until the next episode, this is Q Convos by the Initiative for Equal Rights and my name is Fidelia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Q Convos podcast brought to you by the Initiative for Equal Rights produced by 808 Extra. Kindly visit www.theinitiativeforequalrights.org to learn more.